Hey y'all, this is Culture Soup, where tech, culture, and business collide. It's a podcast that spoons up everything hot from social media. I'm your host, L. Michelle Smith, and each episode, we bring you some of the most notable and not yet notable thought leaders in tech, business, and culture. The year was 2016, and it was the year that kicked off the nonstop speaking tour, thanks to brand innovators who had me speak and keynote at one of their events on the concourse there at AT AT&T. That was the day that Mark Schoenberg asked me to visit with them again in New York later that month, and my bosses approved it. After then... I was to go to South by Southwest. After that, I was to go, gosh, I've lost count. I went to Kellogg. I went to eight places where I would stand and give my signature message on inclusion marketing and its different variations. Along that time, I noticed that there was another professional who would take the stage, sometimes maybe three or four speakers before, or three or four speakers after me, who was also focused on the power and the scalability that culture brings to almost anything when you apply it correctly. This young brother during this time was at the Coca-Cola company and he was sharing his insights and best practices from the award-winning work he was doing for the Sprite beverage brand, you know, The green can, some people got it confused with 7-Up, totally different brand. Coca-Cola had Sprite, but during that time, it was going through an identity crisis. And this young man, James Cuthbert, would leverage deep insights from hip-hop culture to breathe life back into that brand. He's doing some amazing things right now. In fact... He is at the helm of a company led by none other than iconic hip-hop star LL Cool J. That's right. James is the president of the brand new content, e-commerce, and experience brand Rock the Bells. I've been wanting to have James on for quite some time, all the way back to when he was still at Sprite and then later at Red Bull. But now I have the opportunity for him to come on and tell his story. He has an amazing leadership story to tell. And by the way, you're going to pick up on some incredible marketing gems along the way. Without further ado, I'd like to introduce to many of you my friend, James Cuthbert, marketing, media, and culture guru. Let's get it. everybody i'm so excited to have a friend of mine that i haven't seen in some years he's been rocking it y'all and he has been moving and shaking in the media and marketing world i'm talking about james cutbirth and he is with me from ll cool j's rock the bells have you heard of it hey james 
Hey, Michelle, how's it going? It's a pleasure. It's been too long. I hope all is well with you. Yeah, it's been a while. Everything's great. We've managed through this whole COVID, you know, wretched leadership. <laughs> you name it, you know. Wow, civil, civil rights movement, all of that good stuff. Made it through all of that. But you know what? The last time I saw you, I believe we were in New York. It's been kind of a whirlwind since then, but um, it was it was such a great experience. And it was always a pleasure kind of like seeing you and kind of seeing you on stage and shining and commanding the crowd and and helping people. So I've, I've seen this grow. I've just been uh, incredibly inspired. Well, thank you, you so much. It's a lot coming from you because I knew whenever James hit the stage, he was going to turn it out, especially when it came to the idea of culture. I felt like we were like twins in the culture space, brothers and sisters that just holding up that torch. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, you know, just uh, if you think about, you know, like the entire world moves on culture and, and the entire culture of the world is really just, uh, you know, spurned out of hip hop culture. Yeah. Which comes from black people. Absolutely. Brown people. Yes. Um, and, and kind of like, you know, it's just crazy how. You know, a culture created um, when, when folks feel like they didn't necessarily have a voice could blow up into what it is today, which is literally global popular culture. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. You know, recently I've been talking a lot about how you add culture to anything and it scales, especially when we're talking about brands and marketing and also technology, you know. And so trying to get some of these companies to look at bringing more women of color into the mix Mm -hmm. And I tell the story of Sylvia Robinson. And a lot of folks don't understand or know that she was so instrumental in getting rap commercialized. Like, Mm -hmm. that's the Sugar Hill Gang, right? Mm -hmm. And I know you're a hip hop head, old school hip hop head, just like me. Oh, I mean, that story is outstanding. That whole family um, has a legacy that like literally lifted up and and helped commercialize and and bring forth the culture in an amazing way. Yeah. Outstanding. Yeah. So, James, what do you think we have a culture suit moment? Oh, yeah, let's do it. Awesome. Okay, so there is absolutely no way to get on social media anywhere, especially like TikTok, where they're using music to push the culture (laughs) forward. Mm -hmm. But anywhere you look, folks are talking about music and how it is driving the culture in fact the grammys just happened the other night and you couldn't i mean you have to be under a rock not to see meg the stallion and beyonce she made what 28th her 28th grammy it's crazy blue ivy got her first one but we are reminded every day of how hip hop is core to our culture here in the u.s and around the world you agree yeah, oh, I mean, 1,000% if you think about it, like when I think about hip hop culture, um, you know, you can't speak about hip hop culture without, without this idea of giving up the voice to the voiceless. Yeah. Um, remember that, I mean, it's 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 hard to imagine now for some folks, but there was a time when like, not even Michael Jackson could get on TV. Yeah, yeah. We're like, you know, we're, we're, we're literally like, you know, some of the biggest arts and then no one would play rap music. Yeah. Radio stations wouldn't play it. There was maybe one or two outlets, period. Um, and then, you know, but like, you know, this idea of like, I have a voice, I have something to say, I'm gonna be unapologetic in expressing my truth. Um, I'm not gonna let anything get in my way. Like these are the ideals of like the young generations of the world. Yeah. So hip hop was just, you know, when I think about hip hop culture, like it's spurred out of this idea of, you know, from a development developmental standpoint, 
I'm coming into my own when I'm, a, when I'm a teenager and as I'm becoming a young adult, I'm finding my voice and seeing people like living their truth. Yeah. Unfettered by anything else. And I'm just going to give you raw truth. Like it was an inspiration and it still is today. That is so awesome. It's great insight. And, you know, speaking of the whole Sylvia Robinson thing and watching disco give way to hip hop and actually remembering some of the first hip hop songs that sample from disco. <laughs> but this mm-hmm. was a... It was a result of kids not being able to get into the Studio 54s of the world, right? Because they couldn't afford the garb. They couldn't afford for to get in, let alone have the clout. And then on top of that, I mean, even Nile Rodgers had a problem getting into some of these clubs, especially Studio 54, with an invitation from Grace Jones still. <laughs> but they had to go back into their warehouses and do something. And this is where hip hop was born, right? Yeah, I mean, well, and, and you think about it, just this idea, think about hip hop culture, and you think about any culture, you know, all the, over the course of time, um, you know, you really go back, you have, culture has their language, hip hop yeah. has their language, culture has their dance, mm-hmm. hip hop break, you know, culture has their storytelling, they have the MC, yeah. culture has their celebration, think about the DJ, they have their artwork, and we have graffiti art, it's yeah. kind of like you're grown up, and you know, Basquiat had the top selling piece of art, you know, in all of North America. Mm-hmm. All the elements that go into hip hop are just the same elements that go into any culture. Yes. And I think it just took time for the world to realize like, okay, this is a real culture. This is a real, these are really authentic voices that matter. Um, and they're very innovative and, and they're progressively pushing a culture forward. Y'all, don't you see why this is my brother in culture? Because <laughs> we speak the same language. I am like in, in, encouraged and inspired to spit out that one line that I did in so many of my speeches. Culture is that thing that makes your squad a squad. Oh, yeah. 100%. I mean, it's like if you think about like even how you communicate the offhand and kind mm-hmm. of like, and just, uh, you know, leveraging, whether it's leveraging an emoji or leveraging kind of like an icon or finding pictures that kind of like live within culture, like, man, it's that it's that connective tissue that allows you to be your authentic self. It's what allows you to connect to, to friends and networks, especially at times like these where people have kind of been stuck inside and I can't go hang out with a, a big group of my friends. Like those messages and those colloquialisms are kind of like what reminds me of like that I still have my network and they're still standing by me. Y'all, can you see this, right? I'm asked by this group of people that I didn't even know who they were in the beginning, brand innovators, to join them after hearing me at AT AT&T headquarters in New York at some ad agency. And then, like, from then on, it's like eight different stops. And along the way, I ran into this brother on the stage who was spitting about culture and hip-hop in ways that I was like, okay, we are like Kendrick Spirits. Like, what is going on here? And at the time, you were with Coca-Cola, right? Yeah, yeah. At, at that time, I was with Coca-Cola. It, it was, you know, it's funny because when I think about kind of my my career tra- trajectory, man, I started out my career in nonprofit working with kids in crisis, mm-hmm. which is kind of a big part of, of, of kind of my past. But then that job where I took a job actually on Sprite, you know, you know, funny, just quick story behind that. So I was literally working at um, Kellogg's at the time. Yeah. I was in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Um, which, which, which I'm sure my wife was loving. That we were, we, <laughs> I went out there once with brand innovators. Never again. Yeah, no she, offense to the cereal shout folks. Out, Love shout y'all. Out to the <laughs> I guess it is, but like you know, it still just wasn't for us. Uh, but but like it loved my time there at Kellogg's. Was doing great work. But like I had an opportunity to to take this position on Sprite, yeah. a brand that played in hip hop, um, and also like to run their music marketing, mm-hmm. to run their innovation. 
um, you know, I, I talked to my wife. My wife was nine months pregnant with our second kid. Um, it was in the middle of winter. And I was yeah. like, hey, I got this opportunity in Atlanta. She was like, I could grab a box. Who's pregnant? We couldn't fly. So we drove from Kalamazoo. We packed up all our stuff. Wow. We, we drove all the way. And then five days later, we get down to uh, Atlanta and the Snowmageddon. Oh, what year was this? Remember this? This is like 2014. Yeah, yeah. They got the inch of snow in the entire city. So that was like my first week there. Uh, but fast forward, um, and this was the first job where I actually got to see that, like, man, you can uh, you can do marketing with you know with a big M, which Kim Page, one of my uh, you know one of my mentors and one of the you know smartest women in marketing in the mm -hmm. world, uh, would tell me, James, you got to market with a big M. Yeah, marketing that meaningful, that matters, and moves cases. And you can even add on to that, that it moves culture. Mm -hmm. and I think that was the first time where I was actually able to say, let's grab culture. Let's grab this product, um, you know, and uh, let's let's think about hip hop culture in a unique and different way and then express it in the marketplace and see the results. Yeah. So when I met you, you're working at Sprite. You turn that brand around. I know you, you probably want to be humble about it, but talk to us about what you had to do to get Sprite back on the scene. Yeah, it was interesting. So there, there's this gentleman, uh, Daryl Cobbin, which is probably one of the most, the top preeminent brand positioning folks. He has a company, Brand Positioning Doctors, you know, on the planet. Um, and, you know, he launched and kind of helped create Obey Your Thirst mm -hmm. in 1994. So he he helped, he repositioned a brand from kind of like, I like this pride in you. Yeah. To this <laughs> idea of like, no, there's this idea of obeying your thirst and being true to yourself. And yeah. Like, we're going to partner with the kind of the underground part of, of, of hip hop culture and kind of like stick to the roots. So they had a ton of success somewhere between, you know, the end of the Voltron campaigns and some of the things Sprite did, they kind of lost their way. Mm -hmm. And they said, well, maybe it isn't culture. Maybe it's this idea of extreme thirst or, or like extreme flavor and kind mm -hmm. of like they started going in this different direction. And when, when I got to the brand, I think what I saw, the problem was there was an opportunity to authentically connect back to culture. Mm. Um, so, you know, we did a deep dive and we, as we dug in, we said, man, Sprite has kind of like this idea of it's being true to yourself and finding your voice. So I was like, man, how can we connect, um, our, you know, Sprite, the brand, uh, with culture in an authentic way? We said, man, and I'd worked at General Mills and I know they had Wheaties. I was like, man, what if we could create the Wheaties box of soft drinks? Yeah. What if we could have creators leverage their voice to speak out our brand positioning, this idea of being true to yourself? Mm-hmm. So we said, man, what if we put rap lyrics that all laddered up to this idea of being true to yourself, yeah. or being your thirst, on the cans, and we typed within this area of hip-hop, which I call progressively conscious hip-hop, mm -hmm. where people who are progressively trying to push the culture forward. So then we pair somebody like a Drake and a Rakim um, and a Nas and a Biggie to spark these intergenerational conversations across culture. Yeah. Barbershop chatter. Um, you know, overall, and then once you tap into these existing conversations and you put it in the marketplace and you show that you understand and you appreciate the culture uh, in an authentic way, we we're able to be incredibly successful and saw more than double digit velocity gains. Across wow. Uh, in the convenience store, which is where they make most of their money. And it was powerful. Everybody wanted to get your, their hands on the cans just to mm -hmm. see who was on there and what lyrics were on there. It was amazing. But that's not where you stopped. So, so, so the next stop was Red Bull. I loved my time there as well. So like, what I learned at Red Bull, you know, at, at Coke, I learned about traditional branding. Mm -hmm. I learned the fact that culture works, the fact that actually sparking conversations between generations within culture would work. At Red Bull, I really learned about this idea of doing a branded event in a very authentic way. Mm -hmm. So you think Red Bull has over a, had over 100, you know, you know, sponsored influencers within their network. 
Um, and, and Red Bull just has this idea of like creating what I call low barrier moments where you you step into a brand's world. You go to like the world of Red Bull, you go to like a Red Bull event yeah. and you're stepping into their world. And I really le- learned how to authentically leverage culture mm-hmm. and how to structure a company in a way that would be primed to do that. So they had a culture expert. They had like uh, one in every single kind of like major city or major. Oh, that's cool. Korea. They had somebody whose job was to know and live and breathe the culture. Wow. And that's why Red Bull always seems to kind of like be on the tip of the spear mm-hmm. and understanding what's happening in the community uh, because they structured that in yeah. that way. And that was an incredibly great experience for me. I loved it. That's amazing. A culture guru in every city. That's mm-hmm. that's something because you know what? There are like micro cultures, like mm-hmm. beneath cultures. And the fact that they were thinking that way is really innovative. Oh, yeah. And, and I think that's this idea of like, you know, uh, culture happens on the ground. Mm-hmm. Like there's micro, there's, there's macro kind of like, uh, you know, uh, insights and things that happen across. But when you gloss over it, you miss the fact that folks in the South are different than the North. Right. And when you go in the North, Boston's not the same as New York City. Right. And you go in the boroughs, Queens is not the same as the Bronx. And, and go, go to the, the Bay. West. And it's different and too. <laughs> and sometimes, I mean, sometimes even then you go within communities and the East side of that community might be different than the West. Like, like, you know, culture is, is, uh, is global and local at the same time. Yeah. Um, and the more you can understand the nuances, the better you can speak to people in authentic ways. Yeah. You said a lot there. And I can see some of the thread of the needle that's going to lead us to rock the bells. But one more stop, BET, right? <laughs> yeah, so we're, 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 still, we're still on this kind of, a, you know, the, the, this adventure and this train. And then, you know, so after that, I had an opportunity to, uh, to, to go to BET. Um, and work for my, one of my mentors. She actually the person who hired me at Coca-Cola, which was Kim Page. Again, probably one of the top two or three yeah. marketers on the planet. Like, she's just amazing. And there's this history in my career of amazing uh, women mm-hmm. um, who've helped lift me up on my journey. Mm-hmm. Um, so before I even go there, I mean, like, Kim Page, Raquel Mason uh, at Coca-Cola, who, like, he literally helped me get my promotions and helped me along my journey. That's awesome. Um, there's just been, you know, it's... Uh, you know, there's there's just been a, a legacy, you could say. Yeah. You know, of, of like literally the, you know, and I'll go back. I'll go back before I go forward just a little bit is the, you know, and when I was working at even at Kellogg's, uh, you know, had my one manager at the time, uh, um, uh, Nicole, who was the first person to ever like, you know, really challenge me. And I was like, well, I need some help with this project. She's like, no, you're smart enough to do it on your own. Yeah. You got this. And like instilled that kind of like belief inside me. Good. Um, I'm not going to go all the way back to my internship to kind of like, you know, <laughs> another Kim who kind of gave me my first internship job overall. So there's been, there's been these powerful women and oftentimes women of color who have kind of lifted me up and, and kind of helped me on my way. That's fantastic. Um, in, in the corporate world. So one, just shout out to all the people who kind of like been, been part of my journey, but like now we'll go all the way back to BET. Sure. So, Okay. So, so just just quickly, so so Kim was like, hey, you know, I got this this role at BET and, and looking for somebody to kind of like come in and, on the marketing side and kind of be my number one. Uh, she was like, are you interested? And I just sent her a little emoji of a of a suitcase. Not because I was interested in leaving my job, but because of you know what she meant from a mentoring standpoint. Yeah. The time I kind of moved to New York City, um, moved to New York City, and then you know temporarily I was coming flying back from there uh, to my hometown in, in Atlanta, where I'm now in Atlanta, from Rochester, New York. Uh, but like literally like then COVID happened yeah. and then I ended up at home. So while I was at BT, I loved my time there. I got to do some really impactful work, uh, some, some really cool brand work, um, you know, really kind of focusing the brand on this idea of advancing black love, joy, power, and pride. Um, you know, kind of like doing some, uh, some really cool marketing initiatives with, uh, with the BT awards and some really cool stuff. 
an, an amazing team. Yeah. And I give a lot of kudos to. And, and for, to be honest, for the, one of the first times in my career, I got to work with uh, like almost all people of color. That's uh, awesome. Which was just a cool, which, which is an experience that like not everyone gets to do. In no, you really don't. And, it's, and, it was, and it was like, it was, it was, it was a blessing. Um, and it was a, an outstanding company and kind of like leadership top to bottom was, was top notch. Um, and, you know, I, I would have, I would still be there today had not, I got a call from a friend of mine who I also knew at Coke, uh, who currently, you know, this, again, amazing women who kind of helped me on my journey was like, Hey James, she used to work at Coke. Yeah. And she, yeah she was like, um, do you want to interview with L Cool J? <laughs> Okay, stop for a second. You know what? There's a point here to be made. You mentioned Kim Page. You mentioned some other fantastic women. Now you're talking about another woman that is introducing you to LL Cool J. There are people in your career trajectory, in your life, that no matter what your situation is, even if it's excellent and on point, that you will stop and not just listen, but you'll move. Mm-hmm. And, and it sounds like to me that has happened to you in a, in a few different situations. I'm like that too. I'm, I'm happy where I am right now, but there is a short list of people who call me. If they call me and say, I need you, I'm like, where, what yep. can I do? And it sounds like that's, that's kind of the case here. Well, but I mean, but it, not only is it the case, but it's like, um, you know, it's, it's funny. Cause like I have this, I have this, this pedagogy that I follow. Right. And it's, it's kind of my theory. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I call this idea of being a beast. Mm-hmm. not a beast in an archaic way or kind of like it's actually taking that and kind of flipping it on its head. So like what, what it stands for is the B stands for understanding your brand identity, who you are. Okay. Like, like what do you stand for? Um, you know, then you get, you go to the E stands for being ethically rooted. Mm. How do you treat people. Are you, are you kind of clawing your way to the top or thinking that you have to pretend you are somebody or you, you, you aren't. Wow. Um, or can you treat people? Then the, then the ACE, you know, the A stands for all in. Yeah. Like what time do you wake up in the morning? You're, are you saying there's not enough time, but like, how are you spending your time? Right. Well, how's Kevin Hart spending his time? How's The Rock spending his, their time? How would like the people who are high performers in their field maximize their time? So you're right. all in. The S stands for this idea of being single-minded. Mm. Uh, what's interesting is I had actually my pastor at my church actually mentioned this when he said, he said, got to be single-minded. And you're kind of like, hold on, what? Single-minded. <laughs> but single-minded really stands for this idea of like, once you know your truth, are you willing to stand on it? Yes. And you're He's focused on it and you're zeroed in on it. And, and that's the end of that. <laughs> it's your purpose. And, right. and, that's it. and it's like, you know, once you kind of define it, and then the last one is T is your testimony. Yeah. How do you want to be remembered? Um, and, and I say all that to say, like, it's the how that I treated people on my journey, mm-hmm. which is the reason why people are willing to pick up the phone. Um, it's because I've always, you know, I, I've always taken heart to treat people um, Everyone the same. Yeah. Everyone with respect. And the way I lead is the same way. I don't, I don't think yell at people or scream at people or lead with fear. Um, I, I lead with faith and belief in people. And yeah. Possible. And I believe, and I got this from Amy, who was the CMO, my, the other person who's helped me on my journey, was the CMO at, at Red Bull at the time. Yeah. Who says to me, and I remember, she, she, was like, she was like, James, you have to treat people the way you want them to behave. Yes. You know what? Well, you're having church up in here today. That's a whole culture too. But seriously, you're having church right now. That's a word. Uh, but but so but but that's again. But that's that's how you know these things. All these opportunities that happen happen because of the, the way you treat people as you ascend and as you move. Yeah. There's a reason why we're talking. Right. We're talking because like I've always like I enjoyed our conversations. I see what you do in the community. I yeah. see kind of like your movement. 
Um, and that, you know, I'm, I'm not always easy to get a hold of, but like that makes me want to do this. Well, absolutely. And that made me want to chase you down. <laughs> so we met in the middle, right? <laughs> from coke or a former person from coke that you worked with and she says you want to talk to ll like tell us more about this yeah so i mean it's just uh it's interesting it's like hey there's this opportunity this this uh this opportunity called uh you know rock the bells um and i'm like all right well tell me more you know i talked to my wife about it a little bit and i'm like well you know there's this opportunity i'm like i'm probably good but i want to find out more um but as i dove in and i found out more i fell in love with what they were trying to accomplish this idea of like, how can you elevate classic hip hop through a modern lens? The old um, and new again. Yeah, it's, but it's, it's again, it's like, it's tapping. And this is kind of like how, you know, when, when you do things the right way, it's like doors, you know, you can't keep the doors closed. They, right. they, they start popping open. Mm-hmm. It, it taps into what I learned when I was on Sprite. I was like, man, if you can spark conversations between generations. There you go. You have people who are like, there's a lot of ageism that happens in culture. Yeah. Overall, but especially within hip hop music yeah. overall. But if you can like spark a conversation where you get people to talk to each other as people, imagine how powerful you can be. Like, you know, there's a reason why the Avenger movies do better than the other movies, than the individual movies. It's because you have the culture united. Yeah. And when people are united, they're undefeated. You know um, what? I got to say something about that. The first time I saw somebody bridge a gap in hip hop in that way, I was literally at South by Southwest. Okay. I had been invited down by Rev Run. And he was DJing with Ruckus, DJ Ruckus. And they have a DJ set that they do together. Now, Ruckus is young. He's probably at the cusp of Gen Z. Maybe, maybe millennial. I think he's Gen Z. But literally, seeing those two work together, it was magical. First of all, the party was dope. (laughs) It was great. (laughs) And then on top of that, they were blending the new music with the old music from the past, and then even sometimes crossing the genres. How in the world would you even believe that they would have Sweet Home Alabama playing in their mix? And that mm-hmm. place was jumping. <laughs> they were mixing it with Lil John and some other stuff too. It was crazy. But you're right. When you bring those two things or multiple things together, again, it scales, right? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And so, so, so add on to that, like, when the creative community comes together with kind of like with no ageism, with kind of like with 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 with, with nothing but good intentions of kind of like elevating and working together, mm-hmm. you, you can form this like this unbreakable bond mm-hmm. within the community um, that uh, you know that allows you to really elevate and push forward in, in impactful ways. And I think oftentimes there's a million things that are that are that can be put in place to keep us apart. There's like, well, what about this and this and this person makes this money or they like this type of music or I'm like this or I'm, I look like this or this is sexual. Like there's all these things that can kind of like divide us. Yeah. But when we, when we pull those apart and you force people to actually sit next to each other. Yeah. And we have an open dialogue and a conversation. That stuff starts to fade away. It starts to break down. You start to put a face on this younger generation. Yeah. The older generation. And then the magic starts to happen. This is why I think culture is, and I've always, this is part of the thing. Culture is key to breaking down so many different like barriers. Because when you're even speaking about faith, that cuts across all sorts of people, age, mm-hmm. race, whatever. We found our common denominator, hip hop, music. It cuts across so many people globally and it's a thing we can agree on and can enjoy together and i just really believe sports music faith all of these things 
are the key to getting folks to unite. Mm-hmm. You agree? Oh, 100%. I mean, it's, it's like, um, you know, yeah, I, th- I think Obama used to say this, like, you know, it's funny because, uh, you know, for myself, being somebody who's biracial, right? So my mom is white. My dad is black. My dad's from Trinidad. And my mom was raised on a farm, like country yeah. farm. <laughs> but like, you know, what, what's interesting, you know, he would say is this idea of like, when you actually get down and talk to people face to face. Yep. When you strip away the the like, oh, I watch, you know, this news channel, or I watch this news channel, or I, I, I believe in this, or I believe in this. When you actually get humans together, yeah. most of the time, like people have a good heart and they have a good spirit. Right. And I think that's where, you know, there's this this opportunity for uh, for connection. Um, but unfortunately, in times like these, when people are like forced apart, even more so by yeah. things like COVID and kind of like all that, you know, all that's been happening uh, in the world, oftentimes people make their... Uh, they make their minds up and they, they fall victim to confirmation bias of just kind of being fed and kind of seeing what they want or what yeah. they might believe is true. And then they kind of go down this rabbit hole as opposed to talking as people. You find those kind of mutually things that you have in common. You can actually progress and push things forward. I love something. And we're going to get back to LL. We're not going to yep. forget him. But there was something <laughs> the president said today in the news that I thought was spot on. And it kind of gets to influencer marketing, if you will. And yep. he said, there are people out there that did not vote for me that really liked the last president and you know that's their right but we really need to unite this country in order to move forward through COVID-19 so I'm going to depend on the preachers the ministers the doctors the people in the community who really have an influence over everyone not just one party or the other to really communicate this. And I was like, you know what? This man gets it. And he didn't have a big head to think it's got to be me. He understood that he needed to pass that buck on to somebody who had better influence, which I was like, wow, that's that's how we actually market is as big brands, too. You know, we're not always the cool kids. And you need to send somebody in there who knows the people. Right. One hundred percent. So I think that's oftentimes why, you know, the, even the role of, of multicultural marketing within within broader companies is so important because you need to have some people that are kind of like that are connected to kind of culture and what's happening. But but you, you, you touch on something else is like, again, culture starts like culture starts small. Yeah. And grows up to be big. And culture has so many nuances and wrinkles. So like the idea of like that, you know, that that one person or one point of view is like is pervasive is usually false because everyone has there's there's wrinkles and details yeah. and differences that, that kind of exist there but uh, i love that idea of it, empowering the local community to kind of like the be the the force of actually bringing people together That's yeah powerful. okay so you get this call and she's yeah. like ll's got a gig <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean <laughs> It was, it, it was, it was, it, it's kind of surreal. Then, you know, we had some conversations and uh, kind of went through all of that. But like, you know, um, like I said, I fell in love with the problem, this idea of elevating classic hip hop through this modern lens. Um, uh, I, I fell in love with this. I've, I've been in love with hip hop since I was a kid, right? Since the, like, like, since like the Tribe Called Quest, De La Soul. Yeah, yeah. That's like my era. Taking my brother's tapes out of his room, his cassette tapes. And, yeah. Um, you know, and, and kind of like lived and breathed the culture. Um, but, uh, you know, as I, as I really started to unpack this opportunity, it was this idea of like, man, I've done some of this work naturally. I've done some of that brand. I've done some of that internal work. When I said the idea of like the idea of like a, what a beast is to me, that brand identity is usually uncovered by, you know, by really tapping into three questions. 
um, you know, what are my God-given talents? Yes. What have I spent at least 10,000 hours doing? Mm -hmm. And what am I really good at? Oh, you know what? <laughs> you just for, broke down for, my paradigm for finding your purpose and your value. Yes. And yeah, this is all about your passions. Those three things that you would just like get up from your grave <laughs> and do anyway. And then your superpowers. Those I things, if they threw you in the ocean, you know, with, with balls and chains around your, your ankles, blindfolded, you could still do that stuff. I, I love that. No, that, I, that, that's, I, I love that. That's really sharp. And I love the way you put it. Cause I, cause I, cause when I went through that, I, I ended up with three things that became the filters for my life. Yeah. Which is brands, culture, cause. Yes. Tech, culture, so, and business. Yeah. See, I mean, <laughs> so, but, but like, so think brands, uh, like, okay, culture, hip hop culture. Yes. And then community advocacy. And then when I thought about this business and I thought about who I, who I am and what I stand for, I'm like, man, I found a place where I belong. Yeah. It's um, organic to you. It's organic to your story. And it's single-minded, right? Mm -hmm. So you stay on that course and everything that you do, in fact, that's what attracts the opportunities. And you don't have to go finding them. They chase you down. Mm -hmm. So here comes LL. But, but I mean, and I think, and, that's, <laughs> you know, and, then, and then, you know, I've been there since October. Uh, we, we've, we've been doing some, uh, some really, some really strong work from now and just like, really pushing this company forward, um, this, uh, you know, this modern media company forward and this idea of like, we're going to, we're going to bridge generations. We're going to build authentic bridges in culture. We're going to connect the, the community who grew up with classic hip hop and, and feed them with a brand that kind of like is, you know, is built from the culture. Yeah. Um, we're also going to build authentic bridges. I call it putting a little cheese on that broccoli. <laughs> for that younger generation who kind of like has never listened to linear television, who doesn't listen to linear radio, but likes to discover and pick and choose and kind of like, I'll pick a little bit of this plate, but I'll also go way back over here. Right. I'll pick a little bit of this here. We're going to super serve the children of Gen X oftentimes who, uh, who kind of like, who, who love elements of hip hop, but are yet to fully discover the, the entire mythology behind it. Yeah. Um, and that's what I get excited about. I get to wake up every morning and, and build a company that's, that's goal is to elevate classic hip hop and hip hop culture. That's fantastic. Now we have been speaking very theoretically to some people on this brand level and marketing and all that, tell everybody exactly what Rock the Bells is. Yep. Yeah. So, so Rock the Bells is a modern media company that there's three pillars of content, commerce, and experiences. So we create content that's elevated around hip hop culture. Uh, we have a store on rockthebells.com, um, you know, you know, that, that we'll, we'll look to build out and continue to develop. And then we'll have experiences. Uh, coming up in the, in the near future where you'll be able to actually go out and, you know, experience those low barrier moments we talked about earlier, uh, and, and, you know, and kind of really experience what the best of Rock the Bells and what actually building bridges and culture actually Wow. Is. And on the content side, it looks like you have some editorial on the site. Oh, yeah. So, so we, we launched uh, just we just launched in the middle of COVID. So, right. So this, this company yeah. launched in June, you know, May, June 2020. Um, so we just launched that kind of the MVP. We're, we're getting things moving, going the right direction. We started with written editorial, but you'll see some amazing videos that we have in the hopper and we'll get to written and video in the, in, the, in short order. But like just just delivering all types of breakthrough content that live up to this idea of elevating classic hip hop to a modern lens. That's wonderful. So how how close is LL to the business? Do you talk to him often? Is he as, uh, kind of like I'm the owner, but you run in this thing? How does it work? No, super hands on. He's he's. One of the smartest um, and uh, compassionate and, you know, and passionate and like, um, you know, you know, business people and, you know, icon I've ever met. Yeah. So just like, you know, he, you know, he, he, he runs the company the day to day. He is wow. completely involved. 
um, at the same time of whether he's filming a show or doing whatever he's, he, he's, he still continues to work on, which is important for the for us at Rock the Bells as well. But he's very hands on. Yeah. Almost every day we, we have conversations and uh, and he's one of the most creative business people um, that I've ever met. And I learn something every day. Wow. You know, I've never met. I've never met L.L. I've had the privilege of meeting some other hip hop legends, but he's one that I've always said, you know what? He seems to be exactly the way he presents. To eat one, th- there's, there's, there's no, there's no off- inauthentic bone in his body. Yeah, he is exactly who he says he is. He is exactly as advertised. He believes in treating people the right way. He believes in doing things the right way. Um, you know, he's uh, you know, he demands excellence. Um, he's a family man. Family, yeah, incredibly, but like freakishly smart too. Yeah. Um, you know, just a, you know, just a, you know, just a great human being, which goes back to what I said before. It's like. Um, this idea that you can't, you know, be a great human being, do things the right way and be successful is this myth. Yeah, it's a lie. You know, it's, it's one of those corporate myths of like, you need to pretend to be someone else. Yeah. Uh, when I remember when I first got my job back in the day, I, I came to work and I had my music a little loud. They're like, you can't put your music that loud like that. You'll, <laughs> I was like, but they'll, they'll, they'll like, they'll, I was like, well, I'm going to do that anyway. Like, it's all right. I'll be all right. From <laughs> the leaders in the company's like, oh, what are you playing? Like, you know, there's this. Right. There's this thought oftentimes that, you know, people of color have to shrink themselves or be someone who they're not. Yeah. Um, and, and what I would say loudly and proclaim, and I know you, you would agree, is like, no, be your whole authentic oh, self. Oh, totally. And like, um, never, never be, never be scared or never kind of like, uh, you know, make yourself smaller than you are, like live that greatness. And I feel like, you know, the company that, you know, you know, L Cool J lives that I believe, I believe the same thing. And I think that's why it's working together. Uh, working well right now, and that's why it's going to work in the future. Fantastic. So what's coming up that you can talk about that maybe we should be on the lookout for? Um, there's, so I, I would say this, there's, there's, uh, there's, don't, I don't talk about a ton of things that are coming up, but I will say there's, uh, I would be on the lookout for consistent, uh, amazing new news on the commerce business. So okay. like, you should see a really dope drop or something creative on rockthebells.com. Check it out. Uh, you know, you know, you know, check it out. There'll be something for you to purchase. There'll be some great short, medium and long form content. Mm-hmm. And we'll start seeing kind of like Brandon with Rock the Bells that we'll be producing. That'll be coming and there'll be a breakthrough experience in the short, short order. That's um, awesome. We're, we're, we're finalizing right now. So you can uh, and there's a there's an announcement coming probably on Friday. Oh, okay. Um, if you mark your calendars, there might be a no, no little scoop here for the Culture Soup podcast. No, no, no exclusives that you can just I, I, I like that, you know. I just gave you the scoop. The scoop is that there's coming. <laughs> that something's but, coming Friday. But, but just good. But just good things all around happening. And um, you know, we'll, we'll continue to push the culture forward and um, and do right by it because in the middle of everything we do is love. Oh, we I love, love this that. culture. That's good. Um, and you know, we'll, we we will do everything in our you know in our power um, to uh, to to treat it right and to keep it at the center of the core of everything we do. That is awesome. So rockthebells.com. Can we follow you on social yet? You can, oh, you, you, sure, you can follow, yeah, James Cuth on Instagram, you know, there's, uh, you can follow me. I am probably, like, I, I need, like, a social media coordinator for myself because <laughs> I'm not that good at coordinating. But what's what's even more important, I would say, is go out and follow follow Rock the Bells. Yeah. On our, on the You'll see some really cool stuff coming through. Fantastic. James, it's so great to reconnect with you. Let's not let make this the last time. I mean, I was seeing like, you, like, monthly at some point. <laughs> <laughs> we were on the road like crazy. I don't know how you were doing it though, because you were you were traveling all over the place for your job. 
I was too. So anyway, yeah, we were really doing it back. <laughs> we were doing, doing a lot. Like I, st I still do a lot, but at least I can do a lot for my for my house. Uh, for now, what I would say is, um, be blessed in everything you're doing. Like you're doing really impactful, powerful work. Thank you. Um, even some, I know there's a grind day to day, especially when doing a podcast. But like people are listening, people are learning and growing, and um, you know, and I appreciate what you do. Thank you. Thank you so much, James. I appreciate that. All the best to you, and please send LL all of our love. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we'll do 100%. God bless you guys. Take care. Cheers. God bless. Bye bye. What an exciting conversation with James Cuthbert. He is the president of Rock the Bells, LL Cool J's e-commerce content and experience company. Look forward to all the great things to come. Y'all, listen, it's so interesting that when I signed off of episode 135, and I told you guys that the audiobook of No Thanks, Seven Ways to Say I'll Just Include Myself, was coming this spring. Only moments after I recorded that, I got a note from ACX that let me know that the audiobook was released that afternoon. So you can go now, get your copy of No Thanks, Seven Ways to Say, I'll Just Include Myself by myself and narrated by myself. It's in my voice, just like you listen to the podcast. You get to hear me in my own words with this book no thanks so it's available on audible it's available on amazon and it's also available on itunes go get your copy and let me be in your ear you're gonna love the book find us online at theculturesoup.com on instagram and twitter at theculturesoup and on facebook at the culture soup podcast until next week the culture soup podcast is a production of no size communication LLC. The Culture Soup Podcast is a registered trademark of No Silos Communications, LLC.